Well, hi, everybody. It's the Week in the Tackle podcast, the podcast where every now and then we get together to record a podcast where we look back at the previous week in soccer and or football. I'm Tom Rennie. Great to be with you. A couple of days late, and I didn't turn up last week either, so sorry about that. Uh, alongside <laughs> me uh, is a television star, an MLS legend, and a man who looks impossibly young. It's infuriating. It is old Danny Brian Dunseth. How are you, mate? You're right. Rennie, usually you make a joke here where you're teasing me about not showing up for work, but you didn't show up I for know. the podcast last week i'm having that thing that you experienced for years where your kids are always sick and because oh. they're always sick i get all the sicknesses and the you first the thing that happens to me is um is laryngitis my voice my voice just went and people will yeah. say people like liars liars will get in touch with me now and say oh it was because you went out on friday night no <laughs> liars will say liars <laughs> will get in touch and say it's because you went to a karaoke bar to three in the morning in north oh. london no liars Liars will say that. Liars will say it's because I then did a three-hour live commentary of the worst game of football ever, Crystal Palace Nottingham Forest on Saturday, and had to keep it entertaining, even that was horse Sorry, Tim. No, liars. And then liars will say that I went to Newcastle West Ham on the Sunday or went to the pub for a few hours before the game and then went to a really exciting game of football uh, and then met a bunch of Ghanaian people who think I'm a celebrity and went for a few drinks after the game with them and watched the other game on the telly afterwards, the Arsenal Man City game, had a few drinks. F***ing liars. Sorry, Tim, because that's not what happened. I got laryngitis off the kids. All right. So let's not. Let's not lie to people. Did you did you did you talk about the the old fashions that you consumed? Uh, no, I lost my voice. Couldn't do it. Just drunk okay. them quickly. Drunk, drank drunk them like like we were back in D.C. Huh? Yeah, I don't remember that. I'm sure it was good. Um, I do remember <laughs> saying hello to Ricky Pooch and his girlfriend, and them going okay. Uh, anyway, um, I want to move on. Yeah, I, wanna, yeah. I assume girlfriend. I think it was his girlfriend. I don't know. Super smashed. Um, they don't do the measures. The measures are very important. Uh, listen, Report. a few things to get through from what's been going on. Uh, of course, next Tuesday's program, so in a few days' time, we'll look back at this weekend, the Premier League, and talk about the big stories that have happened. But there's a few things to catch up on that we, we've missed out on uh, talking about on this podcast. And also, Danny, um, you're a proper celebrity these days. What don't you do? I'm amazed you still make time for this. We're delighted you do. Um, because you've been on the telly box covering... Uh, uh, these two USA friendlies, the loss against Germany and the thumping victory over Chris Hutton's Ghana. How was it, buddy? Did yeah. you wear the Liberace suit? That's what people really want to know. I did not, Rennie, but the uh, Liberace suit, I feel like there's a January appearance coming for the Liberace suit. You know, you, it's one of those suits that you can't bring out too often. You got to make sure you got to time it. You got to coordinate it. You got to think about it. You got to plan for it. And is it a warm weather suit? Is it a cold weather suit? Do you think about doing like maybe a Fort Lauderdale, Lottie Dottie look for the Liberace suit to come out? Or do you just kind of put it in the back pocket for an indoor, in-stadium type feel? There, there's variables that come into play. But Friends it's about wedding. The... Are you going to a gay wedding in Hamptons? If you wear it, if you, that, that's a thing, then you can wear that suit. You know, otherwise, it's also, not. It's also the sneaker game. You got you to gotta do the sneaker game. Oh. The Jordan 1s, two different Jordan 1s were in effect. This you, you no this adults no, wear true. shoes. Why it's don't true. adults? You you should true. have some shoes with your no. nice suit. Everybody loves it. When Everybody a child goes to a wedding, you get them trainers because it mm. makes them feel like a big boy. Oh, but, you, but you're doing it on the television. You're in your 40s. hold on a second. You're the guy that got lost in Denmark at a wedding. You would have been a lot yeah. more comfortable in Jordan ones yeah. than you would That's those shoes. Oh, yeah. just because I was walking up and down canals in ripped trousers <laughs> trying to find my hostel at three in the morning before my flight at six, it doesn't mean that I can't be trusted yeah. with going on foreign trips on my own if my wife is listening. Sounds like a hostile environment you found yourself in. Very nice. Uh, how you. was it, buddy? How was the trip? How are the American national team? Um, is, it, is it coming uh, sort of home? 
Uh, no, not yet. Uh, but what I would say is, is there's there's nuance, right? I mean, history tells you that they lost three one, and that's the result. And at the end of the day, Germany was the better team, and they deserved that three one win. But I do think there's nuance because it's not a World Cup, because it's not a tournament format, because it's not a group stage. This is an international friendly where we knew coming in that there was no Anthony Robinson. We knew coming in there was no Tyler Adams. We knew coming in that we were going to see the first time Greg Berhalter and Gio Reyna were together in a camp following everything that transpired in Qatar and subsequently afterwards. So there was a lot of kind of unknowns. And what we found out in the first 45 minutes, and I'll put context to this conversation, the average starting age of the United States was 23-24 if or when you decide to add or subtract Tim Ream and his 35 years of age. But this is also a German team that Julian Nagelsmann and his shirt um, had a roster. Shirt. Describe the shirt. Yeah. You saw it in the flesh. Describe it. It was, it was a platy. It was a platy shirt, um, unbuttoned. It wasn't as dialed in as Nagelsmann as we're used to seeing. I don't know if it was like a, a U.S. type of feel, if it was like a, a fallish East Coast debut for Germany type of look. But I, I told the joke on Sirius XM FC Channel 157 Grumpy Pundits that, and this is very niche joke, you got, you're got you going to get it now, but it's very okay. niche for those that don't understand. Julian Nagelsmann driving on the 10 freeway through Redlands in a lifted truck with a skin sticker would have fit in perfectly. Why do you think I'm going to get this now? You didn't really explain it properly to me on the program. And even though a caller called in to tell us that from he, Northern he California, got the joke, yeah, yeah. I, still, I still don't get it. What's a skin sticker? That, that, that like was such a, an adult shop. That was such a niche joke that somebody north of Yosemite called in knowing the joke because he had another joke on top of that joke for those guys in the 909 never take their truck off road. So it's like a nice little clean truck that they only drive on the freeway that they don't really get it dirty. Um, but then right. even someone on threads sent me a message. It was like, do I get that joke? Like, that's a good joke. I got you. I got you All on right. that joke. So there, there was layers to the joke. It's a very, it's a very 909 centric. But, it, it, but it's like somebody who like thinks they're rugged, but really they're rich sort of thing. I mean, it, no, no, that's not even the joke. The joke is more no, but that's like what you mean about Nagelsmann's shirt. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah. He would fit in perfectly with the 909. Yeah. So anyways, um, this is a German team that comes off the win against France. Like they won against France. First, everyone's saying like, oh, it's not Germany. It's not Germany. It's not Germany. It's not Germany. Like it's still Germany, right? You're still talking about, I think it was six players that stepped on the field that was 30 or more years of age. Five other players from the age of 27, 28, 29. So that's 11 players with a lot of experience as much as we're talking about, you know, Julian Verts, the 20-year-old, or Musiala, the 20-year-old. Like, there's still a lot of experience in that team. So history tells us they weren't good enough, that Gundawan and company played through them, Pascal Gross. They found Verts, full Krug found too much time, too much space. And at the end of the day, it looked comfortable when it's all said and done for Germany. But that first 45 minutes, there was a lot of really good things. It was 1-1 after the first 45 minutes. I don't think Pulisic was offside, even though he's flagged it out. There was no VAR. He scored. Uh, the 1v1 with Marc-Andre Ter Stegen, was it, a was it a penalty? Was it not a penalty? I don't think it was, but it's a good it's a good moment. Uh, Tim Weah, a couple different variables between Balogun and Pulisic for chances in the box. 
scuff ch- shots, you know, I- individual moments, a worldie of a goal from Christian Pulisic yeah. as he takes the one, two gets away from four guys, picks out that upper corner. So a lot of positives with Gio Reyna back in there. Um, so what are those moments and the learning moments of the loss and the frustration of the loss that then they are using a, an apl- applicable style against a Chris Hewton Ghana oh. side that, I mean, Awful. it was the, I, I said this in the, I said this in the broadcast. It was the most offensive lineup he could have possibly put out. Kudus, Thomas Partey Inaki from Williams, brilliant. Inaki Williams, Jordan Ayu, Pansil was great uh, against Mexico. Kudus from West Ham scored that goal against Newcastle. I mean, these are five really, really good players. But the other six players were really, really, really bad. Mm. And that was the most apathetic, non-interested type of performance, like a full proper smashing that we've seen in a long time against a team that, by the way, Ghana is in the group with Egypt. I think it's group maybe D or E in AFCON that starts in January. Like no chance. This is a great two game, you know, opportunity. They lost two 0 against Mexico. They ended up losing Aido to a to a, a foot ankle injury because playing on turf, he ended up hurting himself. Like it just it looked bad, and the pressure. I was telling you um, during the, during the 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 show on Grumpy Pundits, the aggressiveness from the Ghanaian press is like enjoyable and crazy at the same time. Like how forward they are picking up the mic and be like, Chris, your team is horrible. You are not building this team right to win games. What are you doing in training? Why aren't you getting the best from Anaki Williams for athletic Bilbao? Who's got four goals already this season. Are you even trying? How in the world do you have this job? Do you think you're the right guy for the job? And like, just goes deeper and deeper and on and on. And Chris Hutton to his credit, I'd never met the man. I got to spend a few minutes with him. Lovely guy. Salt of the earth. Super intelligent. Great guy. But he's in trouble. And that was the type of performance I was saying at halftime. Like, with how bad that was, like, were they trying to get him fired? Like, that was one of those moments where it's like, you're certainly, like, even after the game, they all go into the center of the circle, and they're all talking together, and Chris Hutton's by himself walking to the locker room. And you're like... Ooh. Tell us about the bit when uh, Tim Weyer lobbed it over. Was it Mensa? And then Seydoux. Just stopped running. Seydoux. Seydoux just stopped yeah. running. So Tim Weyer gets this ball. And Tim is in incredible form, by the way. Like, the, he's, he's, his, evo- we talk about Polisic and we talk about Reyna and we talk about Balogun. He's the unknown Beatle in this conversation. He's like the Beatle that nobody talks about. He's like Ringo. Like, he is. So yeah, no good. one talks about Ringo, do they? Nobody Whatever talks about Ringo. Ringo. Where is yeah, he? Who knows? Whatever happened to Ringo, eh? Yeah, well, we do know Thomas, what happened Thomas, the tank engine has got a lot worse since he's not doing the voiceover, I'll tell you that. Yeah, Um. He Tim is incredible. In form, flying. Juve move was great for him. It's a different look. He's playing as a wing back. Um, I, I just think that right now, all the focus is over here on the left, and Wea is flying on the right i think he's he we're not we're not doing enough to talk about how good he's playing right now Mm. um but he gets the ball he what's the right way he olays him i mean he he just flicks it osedu's trying to close him down at full speed he and he crunched way in the first half Mm. um 
and I believe in the second half as well, he olayed him. He just went like up and over and like whoop, and Sadu just stopped. I mean, he took his soul. He took Sadu's soul. Sadu quit, made no effort. He just looked back and was like, ah, and just stopped. And like Wade just takes off towards the end line. I love the um, fact he just wanders off and just like, oh, you know what? I should have stayed in school. Oh, this is not the right career for but, me. You know, I should have. I should never have left Ghana. I should never have left her. <laughs> but, I had the choice you know, between getting married to his high school sweetheart or oh. becoming a professional footballer. And he's like, Gene, I miss you, Gene. That's By the way, you know, it was great. We had we had Timmy at the desk after the game and we showed him this. And we're like, walk us through, man. Like you killed him. And he goes, yeah, man, I, I got him. I tried to pull away and then I had nothing left. And you see, and he, like they showed the 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 end of the play, and he just gets like shouldered off the ball. He goes, oh, he yeah. goes, guys, I was exhausted. I was yeah. done. <laughs> He's like, I was done. So but, this is the yeah. thing when when all these um like uh, Instagram accounts or Threads accounts or whatever they do these videos of skills like they had the one with uh, Lucas Packeter recently where he does this thing where he catches it no. on his other foot while he's jumping and I think yeah but what happens next if it doesn't lead to a goal or something like don't send me something about some skill because then they give the ball away or yeah. knock it into touch like um what's that one from sort of years ago where Gianfranco Zola is like taking the mick out of Jamie Carragher and it's his last ever game so it's fun but they always stop it at a certain point he knocks it out of touch for a goal kick. Yeah. Like unless something happens from it, I don't know. He's not he's not cooking. Well, uh, you, what about like what about the Cristiano Ronaldo one they were trying to put out at Saudi Arabia? Like, oh, oh my steps. God, Cristiano! Look at the look at the height. It's a it's a it's look at the bicycle, the bicycle, and the ball goes out for like a throw in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You can find good Ronaldo goals. You yeah. don't need to make memes of <laughs> that he does. Sorry, Tim. I know, it's been a long day. Um, so, else, look, the US conversation, a lot of it has been had, I think. There's a couple of questions I want to ask you and then I want to move on because yeah. we, we haven't got a great deal of time today. Uh, Pulisic, really good form. You mentioned Wea, absolutely right. I was really impressed by Balogun's finish for the third. Um, look, I, I, we'll, we'll see how he develops. I, I think he's, he's got a lot to prove to me personally, but, you know, not in his mind, but to me when we're talking about it in these shows. But my, a couple of questions for you. Number one, Gio Reyna, a big fan of new hair, don't care. Well into that. Uh, yeah. Coming in with a new look to, to forget about the old stories. Talk to us a little bit about his development as a player, because I think that, that there's two things that I think are interesting for the US. Midfield and defence. In terms of midfield, Tyler Adams is your best player in those in, in that group, I think. And, and if he ever gets fit again, hopefully he does, is he guaranteed starter. The rest of it is all a bit um, movable, right? So... Yeah. Tell us about what Gio Reyna's role is in this kind of three into or four into three kind of scenario. Yeah, I, I would say that Gio Reyna is the player that makes everybody better around him. Uh, in this role, even talking to Flo Balogun, you know, enjoying having Gio close to him. Um, and, and this was the sixth start between the, I would call it the front four with Christian on the left, Tim on the right, Balogun, and then and Gio playing in the pocket. His way to the pass is spectacular. I mean, left foot, right foot. He sees a ball. He sees a threading line. Um, he sees the game different than all the other guys. He's the most, I think, well-built. By the way, he's a big kid. He's like 6'2". He's bigger. He's like 6'2", 180, 175, but like muscle. Um, he's perfect. He can ride challenges. Like He went 1v1 shoulder to shoulder with Rudiger. Didn't get bumped off the ball at all. He uses his body really well. Left foot, right foot, his technique. He's as good as his dad, Claudio, who's superb. Unbelievable number 10. But I would say Gio's maybe ahead of him. Like Gio's potential is even better. He's a he's a different profile, body type. Um, and I and I just think that this is the future of what we're looking at. But with that, 
becomes an issue because Gio's a tempo player. He's a rhythm player. He'll come all the way back searching for the ball. He's the guy. He's the first guy. He's different than Christian and different than than Wea. You play through Gio. And I think that's a player that we haven't had for a while. He's like a proper, give me the, like he wants the ball. He's constantly hand out, checking, give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. And he's drawing people in to lay the ball off in like open spaces. So by doing this, he creates kind of a weird issue for Greg Berhalter when we think tactically now. Because to your point, when Tyler comes back, who's the captain of the team, and we have no idea, you know, after the return with Bournemouth in the EFL Cup to then the announcement with injury, do we know, is it a short-term injury? Is it a long-term injury? God forbid it's a surgical issue with that hamstring, what this looks like. But in the meantime, I describe it triangle point up. Triangle point up with Geo, and then the two undersides, right, from this point is going to be Eunice and it's going to be Weston. When this comes back, with no Geo, we were talking triangle point down. So it's Tyler, and then it's Weston and Eunice. I don't know why I went like this. It was like nice. Somebody's little nipples or something. You were tweaking nipples there. You were nipples. tuning in the radio station. Um, so Eunice and, and Weston now, it's going to be kind of like this, I think, theoretical either or. So when Tyler's back in the... And so we were talking about Germany. Somebody said to me in the US team, well, if Tyler's in that game, he hits Gundogan early. Hmm. He's going to smash Gundogan a couple times. And it's like a statement tackle. It's a statement challenge. That's not really in the game for Eunice and Weston. They're different players. So now what is this going to look like? We don't know until we actually have to have this conversation. But right now, it's a good problem to have. Now, Anthony Robinson, healthy, is going to be the starting left back. Sergio Dest, healthy, is going to be the starting right back. Because Anthony wasn't there, Sergio went to the right back. He was isolated 1v1 with Lee Raizana. We're asking for more press, back press, down press from Christian. We're asking more flare out from Eunice. And then Joe Scally's solid, but he's a stay at home. He's not a marauding get forward support. Mm-hmm. So you, lo- you lose Anthony overlapping, Christian tucking in the hole, different variables against Germany. You lose that on the right, different variables with Serginho overlap, underlap, Timmy tucking in. What does that combination look like? We saw that against Ghana. I think the biggest question now isn't about goalie. Biggest question is not about number nine. The biggest question is no longer about Geo. The biggest question is not about even the balance, theoretically, of what we're talking about with Eunice, Tyler, and Weston. The question is center backs. That's going to be the question right now for U.S. soccer. Yeah. Because with Tim Ream, 35 years of age, iconic, iconic presence, we, and I use this this analogy um, during the show, when we were talking about 2018, or the lack of qualifying for 2018, we did this thing, this vitriol about Michael Bradley and Josie Altador and Clint Dempsey and Landon Donovan, to an extent, Jermaine Jones, to an extent. And the idea was, well, we ruined a generation of player because these guys hung around too long. It's not that those guys hung around too long. It's that we didn't have players that could displace those guys. We didn't have players that were better than those guys. So we can blame whoever we want to blame for missing out on the World Cup, but don't blame the players because those were the players that were better in their respective positions than anybody else. Mm. So if we're talking about Tim Ream at the World Cup, and I hope Tim Ream's career it can take him up to the World Cup. Mm. But if we're talking about starting Tim Ream at the World Cup, we have a development slash performance issue at the center back position if Tim Ream is still there. Mm. 
because guys like Miles Robinson and guys like Chris Richards, which are the two players that were not available for the U.S. men's national team because of injury at the World Cup, if they're in camp and they're not starting against Germany, that tells you that Tim Ream is still better than them. Hmm. And so what does the future look like in that center back perspective? Because Miles Robinson and Chris Richards started against Ghana, but they did not start against Germany. Hmm. Um, Listen, a few other stories I want to get to here in terms of international football before we get to move off it, because there's brilliant news here. No international football for... Three weeks. Uh, but I do want to just mention a couple of other stories. Um, England did qualify uh, for the European Championship. And, you know, I, I do say this, that it is kind of easy to qualify for the Euros. But it is worth noting that Italy are struggling and um, yeah. the Republic of Ireland have got to go through some kind of weird Nations League backdoor. So, look, maybe I over-egg that a little bit. Um, and it is impressive that they, they qualify seemingly with ease for every tournament. So that's a, a commendation for, for what Gareth Southgate has done. But the Italy game, two things. Number one, Brian Dunseth was in the midst of preparing for live television coverage of the USA up against Ghana and still found time to text me Skamaka in Scapital Letters. Um, I'm calling it Scapital Letters now. Do you like that? Uh, where um, When Skamaka scored for Italy. Uh, I mean, look, I'm happy for him. Uh, I'm happy for him, you know? Yeah. It's, I mean, he came in, he scored a couple of goals, he pretty much whinged, he got injured, he missed four months and then left before ever fulfilling his promise and scored, I think, a couple of goals on debut against Atalanta. Again, when he did that, I got a great text uh, from Brian Dunseth uh, saying, Skamaka. Skamaka! So apparently something I've got to put up with. Skamaka! The other element uh, to the England game, and I just wanted to get your, your view on this and give mine, is that... Um, I think England and France, in my view, when we get to the European Championship, bar any changes, go into it as the strongest two squads. Um, I think they were, the, were two of the strongest four or five squads in, in, in the previous World Cup. Um, and I look is at Portugal? the England team. Portugal in that conversation? Potentially, yeah. Potentially, yeah. yeah. We, we, we could have that conversation in greater depth, certainly. But I think the point being the England squad is, is unbelievably depth. strong. Yeah. And and the depth is and this is the point. So right? deep that Jordan Henderson still gets called in. It's so deep yeah. that Harry Maguire has started one game for Manchester United and is starting for England. I mean, you're you're preempting my question here oh, because because Gareth Southgate, right? Who <laughs> you know is doing whatever he can to step back from woke Southgate, which got oh. him to a position where he's got to play in the West End and he's played by one of the Fines boys. Um, and it's all about giving England their hope back. And now he's like, oh, I don't understand why people are booing Jordan Henderson. Mm. Um, yeah, all right, we just got to accept you're dumb now, do we? That's fine, whatever. If you want to play that card, go for it. Um, but looking at this team against Italy, it's an important game and they won it, so fine. If you win the game, you made the right decisions. But they came out and I thought, Kieran Trippier playing at left-back. I, I don't know why he can't find a left-back. Oh, I know he wants Kieran Trippier on for set pieces, right? But he's not a left-back. I think Kyle Walker's incredible, right? I love Kyle Walker and always have done. I can see why he's still playing. But if you pick Walker, that means Trippier doesn't play. Be brave enough to make that decision. Um, the Maguire thing is endless, and we've done it loads. John Stones has barely played this season, if at all, I think, since the Champions League final, and then starts this game, and he's gassed and has to go off for Mark Gay on the hour. Calvin Phillips, I mean, give me a f***ing break on Calvin Phillips, right? Sorry, Tim. Look, it may be, it, it, I, I saw him a couple of times for Leeds, and he was genuinely brilliant. That was a long, long, long time ago. Never has someone been less deserving of their own Amazon documentary. So pointless is the documentary about... Uh, Calvin Phillips sitting on the bench for a year. Even Brian Dunseth hasn't watched it. And I'm, I'm not even saying that he's a bad player, but right now he's got no business being in this England squad and yet mm. starting and then getting replaced by someone out in semi-retirement, the monumental hypocrite that is Jordan Henderson. There's issues for me there. Um, and, you know, the front three, fine. Foden, Bellingham, Rashford, Kane. I, I think that's a terrific trio plus the striker. So 
Just a little question here, Danny, on... This is Southgate's last tournament. I think he's been terrific in the round. I think what he's done for England, you know, stepping back, looking at the whole five, six years of his time there, incredible. But if he's going to go into a tournament and keep picking players that were good for him three to five years ago, like if Calvin Phillips continues to play no football this season, and we go into a European championship that, in my view, England should win or at least be knocked out by France, then I don't know. what, what, What are we doing here if someone else can't step into that role? Yeah, well, let's let's start at left back. Luke Shaw, Chilwell, both injured, so maybe so we we can understand theoretically why Trippier is on that left hand side. The Harry Maguire conversation is just pure down, purely down to sweat equity. What he did in the past is giving him the opportunity. He's you know he he he's he's been really good for England, not been really good for Manchester United. Very clear linear difference, but it's not about performance. And 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 this is where. Gareth Southgate at some point has to pay the piper publicly. And he's going to have to flat out say that his loyalty to Harry Maguire, to Calvin Phillips, to uh, Jordan Henderson is purely based on what they've done in the past. And it has nothing to do with what they're doing with their current form. Because if that's the case, you got a lot of players on the fringe on the outside looking in going, well, I I think you already do saying, that's bullshit. Sorry, Tim. Because you cannot justify the inclusion for some of these players while then trying to justify the exclusion for other players and saying, well, it's competition. Well, it's about performance. It's about goals and assists. It's about form. It's about fitness. No, that's you've been tossed out. You, the baby went out with the bathwater on that conversation. So, it's up to him, however he chooses. But I will say that I think he's making it more difficult for himself. I think he's pu- actually applying more pressure on Harry Maguire and Jordan Henderson. Because when you go out and you're publicly doing everything in your power to change the mind of the general public and say, no, 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 you don't understand. No, 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 it's you that don't understand. No, let me tell. let me tell you what he's really like. No, 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 no. I, I, that's not, I get what you're trying to say, but that's not the case because he's an incredible human being that actions line up with perceptions and perceptions will, for the most part, give you a good indication of how people feel, obviously. So right now, when you're telling us that Jordan Henderson is an amazing human being and doesn't deserve to be booed because you know him better than anybody else. The actions of Jordan Henderson are what's created the Boo Boys for England. So then performance, dedication, decision, and then your applicable, I guess, opinion for what you know of the player behind the scenes versus what the actions for the public then get to decide for. So you're, I don't know, this gray area of, are we going to talk about performance? Or are we going to talk about morality? Are we going to talk about perception? Or are we going to talk about the justification of why you think this person is better than what everybody else believes mm. to be true? This is the problem right now. And and I'm I I'm we don't know the future, but I'm intri- I'm really intrigued to see what this next six to nine months looks like for Gareth Southgate, because I wonder what it's going to have with regards to the effect of his legacy. Hmm. 
because he did so much to really transform the relationship between the players and the press and how I think the general England public saw this group of players and didn't scapegoat them, didn't make them targets, didn't aggressively hound them the way maybe the previous player group found themselves in um, versus now what this looks like because he was kind of exalted onto this pedestal. And as we all know, man, once you're at the top, people want to have the opportunity to take you down. And I'm, I'm really intrigued to see what the legacy vibes look like for Gareth Southgate when this is all said and done, because performance will absolutely dictate how he's been, how he will, I think, be seen retroactively when it's all said yeah. and done. Um, two final points on this before I want to move on to a couple of other bits. Um, in terms of Gareth Southgate, he's really got like um, second term president vibes. Mm. Or like um, yeah, I I, I've I've named my departure date prime minister vibes in that um, all all the people he was trying to satiate, all the different groups he was trying to keep on side, all this sort of stuff. He's in the end game now. He is getting to the end of this tournament. I think he's going to do whatever he can to win this tournament. I think he probably could have gone after the World Cup, considering the disappointment that was, despite the great performance against France. Um, it was still a loss nonetheless. Uh, and this group was meant to be getting to the point where they could win that game. And winning that game is how you win the World Cup, beating the best team in it or one of the best teams in it. England consistently have failed to do that. Um, so I think that's really interesting about Gauss Southgate. He just seems to be in his, um, I can see the end line mode. And maybe that will help. In the, in the Euros, I don't know. The other thing is that why have England lost the games uh, to teams or in games like the Croatia game in the World Cup or the Italy European Championship final, not just because of Chiellini, who should have gone to prison for assault, um, or even, uh, even the France game, for example, uh, not being able to control the game, not being able to control the game. And if you're going to those games in future with Jude Bellingham in your team... Um, Danny, I'm, I, you know, I, I, try, I, I try and avoid the hype train, as you know. Yeah, you're I, on I, it. I'm, Just I'm do on. it. Just I'm pull on. it. Oh, you are on. You're this on. This guy. This guy. Choo -choo. It's even made me watch Real Madrid games, which Choo -choo. is basically a waste of time. Um, but what? Just to be twenty, first of all, incredible. Can you give um, us just a little choo-choo? Give us a little choo-choo. Come no, on. I'm an, just ad, do I'm it. an adult man. I wear Come shoes on. with my shoes. Um, There's an amazing bit. I don't know if you saw this. Gianfranco <laughs> Zola was interviewing yeah. uh, Bellingham after the game on Channel it's Four. It's in my English. Hopefully. I'm sorry. Hopefully Channel 4 don't have the football anymore because A, they didn't give me a job, but B, um, the bake-off got put back 24 hours uh, and that's sacrosanct in our household. So, you know, calm down, everybody. Um, it's chocolate week as well in the tent. Um, but Gianfranco Zola uh, said, uh, at 20 years old, I was still drinking milk from my mother. Um, how are you so mature? On national TV live, which was um, Marto Bene. As I think I've got saying. nipples. Can you yes. milk me? <laughs> What's the only... What's what's the insect that produces milk boobies? Anyway, um, <laughs> boobies, boo, boo. No, oh, dad joke. Yeah, well, I thought dad joke. Doing. Uh, but a quick word from you on Bellingham. I mean, he's got the lot, hasn't he? I'm, I'm telling you right now, it's not just Bellingham, but it's it's Declan Rice sitting there. I mean, Bellingham makes Marcus Rashford that much better, especially mm. in that transition, that goal. Uh, it it I think it really eases the pressure on Harry Kane. Um, and, and by the way, Jude, it's his, and by the way, this is like, for me, obviously knowing that he could have been at Manchester United and probably wouldn't have developed at the same pace he did when getting that opportunity at Bruce Dorman. Remember when everyone was like, Jude Bellingham's a 
after he left. Sorry, Tim. I remember um, you said that. Yeah. No, no, no. Remember everybody at Borussia Dortmund, all like those rumors, like he's oh, a yeah, jerk. Yeah. He's a jerk. What a jerk. He went high yeah. standards from us. Yeah. We wanted yeah. to throw the league. Yeah. <laughs> well, they did on the final day. Um, yeah, I, I just his tackling, like even that the the one that led to the goal for Marcus Rashford, like it's his tackle at the top of the eighteen yard box, back pressing that leads to the transition, which leads to that first pass when he olays the midfielder, then plays wide, and he's making this run, and he peels like, and then he peels off to the left as Harry Kane and Rashford score, and they go to the right because he's continuing his run to open up the space for Rashford, and it's the eighty yard run. Like he's just both sides of the ball. He's so good. He's so good, and I love. Now listen. I was I, I was I was gonna text you even though I, I skamaked you earlier. Like he took a highly suspect like Cristante fake punch to the oh, face. Yeah, yeah. That was rubber rubber the nose straight to Yeah, ground. like oh you hit me in the nose. He does um, play for Real Madrid though. I mean you're gonna, no, you're gonna get some scum. Sorry, Marcos. That's the way it goes. That's the way um it goes. but yeah, l- listen, he's got everything. He's got everything. Yeah. And and he's got the he's got the piss and vinegar. He's mm. not afraid for the confrontational moment. He'll get involved. He'll, he'll give you that f- you moment sorry tim now i'm cursing like I he's i i'm i'm into it getting i like it now. he's getting a hell of a player hell of a player choo choo uh two other quick stories i want to get your view on before we're out of time today and we wrap up international football firstly um we had a chat to our friend ben jacobs recently saudi arabia football expert middle east football expert goes to saudi a lot works there and, and knows the market and we had a fascinating conversation with him on sirius xmfc talking about the culture of going over to Saudi right now and how it isn't like going to Dubai or Qatar or whatever Mm. in the Middle East. It's going to a very strict lifestyle place. And there's been stories about that recently. Um, And I've heard a couple of stories, not from Ben, I'll I'll, I'll just note here, but a couple of stories about Neymar not particularly liking the lifestyle. And it's not like you can be in Saudi Arabia and live the Neymar party lifestyle. They will not allow it uh, for various reasons. It's why Saudi Arabia is not a country that I don't think I would want to work or live in, amongst other reasons. But um, not that I'm a particularly party lifestyle guy, but sometimes I like to send my wife to the shop's unchaperoned. Call me old-fashioned. Or is that new fashioned i don't know anyway neymar has torn his acl on brazil duty so reports say and he could miss the rest of this season just two months after signing a 130 million pound a year contract at al hilal now look firstly i'm sure he's really injured right Mm. i'm sure he's really injured and all that sort of stuff but am i sure because in december uh this year um, and you go to NeymarJr.com for this information. December 26th to 29, fans of Neymar Jr. will have the opportunity to take part in one of the athlete's year-end celebrations, something he's become famous for. You can join the Ney M. Alto Mar Cruise, which is essentially the Neymar Cruise. Three days and three nights of boldness, joy, unmissable attractions, and unforgettable concerts, and a visit from Neymar. It'll feature three days and three nights of non-stop entertainment, casinos, specialised stores, bowling, gaming rooms, 4D cinema, a water park, gyms, spa, theatre spectacles, and the best of world cuisine to relish on board. And luckily now, Neymar does not have to stay in shape for this because, you know, he's injured. And also worth noting, uh, Brazilian internet personality, Rafaela Santos, her birthday is on the 11th of March. Um, and you may know her as internet personality, but also she is Neymar's sister, who famously has a birthday party every year when Neymar is injured. Now, again, I'm not suggesting this ACL is a big 
monstrous lie, so Neymar can enjoy a party lifestyle. But um, is it? Uh, yeah, listen, I, uh, there's so many different directions to go. Number one, let's start with the Saudi Arabia opportunity. Neymar didn't need that money. But it was the easiest way for him to get out of the ending of a partnership with PSG that had obviously come to um, to a, a disillusion phase. Um, are we surprised at all about any of this conversation? Because the money in Saudi Arabia was life-changing for a lot of people. But with it, the seducing of the opportunity to have generational wealth for all of these players that went over there comes also with understanding the religion, the culture, the lifestyle, and everything that comes off the field. And so it's not just maybe Neymar in this conversation. Maybe it's Neymar's kind of group, his friends. Like, you're not in Barcelona. You're not in Paris. So this is going to be a different lifestyle off the field as well for them. So all of this, the thing I said to you was when he goes down with his ACL injury, I, I, I wonder behind the scenes where the conversation is or if there is this preliminary talk of like, um, guys, what do you think about um, rescinding this contract, going in opposite directions? Like, yeah, just walk away. Let's just walk away from this because that's a lot of money. And, I, you know, we've read reports where FIFA had to get involved with what happened with Saudi Arabian clubs with foreign players where injuries happen or just flat out, you know, we're, we're refusing to pay the contract. I mean, that happened with Cristiano's club. They couldn't, they, they, to register players, to sign players, they had to actually back pay players that were owed. So, or at least that was the allegations that were being laid out. So who knows what's happening? I mean, at the end of the day for Neymar, it's a horrible injury. Um, potentially puts Copa America in doubt for him as well in the United States, or at least pushes that timeline really, really close upon return. It's his cousin's uh, birthday then, though, so he'll be busy. And all of these other factors come into play. So Neymar Fest is on, I think, at that point. Yeah, it's yeah. it's um, it, it's uh, when I saw the injury, I, I thought Achilles or ACL, just because yeah. he had that bounce to it. But you could tell he was in obvious pain. He was in tears. I hope the best for him in terms of his recovery. But I think this is going to have major trickle-down effects behind the scenes and or publicly. Because what I said on on Grumpy Pundits on SiriusXM MFC Channel 157 when we do the shows on Thursdays and Fridays, um, I can't imagine he's doing his recuperation, his recovery, mm. and all of his rehabilitation anywhere other than Brazil. Yeah, I'm sure he's really injured. We are, I'm just joking. About no, of course. We, 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 wish him, we wish him well on his recovery, but uh, the, the Saudi angle is going to be very interesting. We'll stay across it. Uh, one final story to get your view on, Danny, before we run out of time, and that is this Rasmus Hoyland story. And I'd love to know where you land on this because it's done Sethry on both sides. Yeah. Uh, so Denmark beat San Marino by two goals to one in what was a very testy game. San Marino, I think still the worst team in the world, or one of the, certainly the worst team in Europe in yeah. terms of results. Allegedly. They never get a result. At one point, they'd scored a goal and everyone was like, going wild about it. Um, they go on to win it. But Rasmus Hoyland, the Danish Man United striker, took to Instagram uh, the night of the game saying, quote, we do so much every day to be the best version of yourself and keep fit for so many games. This behavior from San Marino last night trying to injure me was unacceptable. And there's at least one tackle right at the end of the game, uh, which is, is pretty rough, to be yeah. fair. It's, it's kind of a knee into the small of the back 
when the guy's kind of running into it. Distance. Is doing. So yeah. it's a bad that's a bad one. But across the game and on YouTube there's like a two and a half minute like highlights reel of all the times he got tackled by San Marino players. I think there's only about three that are a bit suspect. Beyond that <laughs> Only three? Yeah, the, one of them's very suspect. <laughs> oh, Two only of them three were tackles. a bit firm, but there's about yeah. 30 tackles, and of which 27 yeah. are all right. Yeah. Um, defender Roberto Di Maio, 41. Not, the, uh, not Di Matteo, Di Maio. No, Di Maio, Roberto okay. Di Maio. It's um, like his non-union equivalent. His San Marino um, cousin, yeah. Yes, exactly. And he took to his gram to respond, and this is just so perfectly bitchy for a man in his 40s. I love this. Um, so I'm just going to read you the whole thing. Not in Italian, but it's going to be fun. He says... Today I read that Mr. 80 million is complaining because yesterday he received less than great treatment from the defenders of San Marino. Well, dear. Well, dear. (laughs) Well, dear. Probably in football like today where physical contact has disappeared, you can allow yourself to make fun of us little opponents with ugly and repeated gestures or to simulate at every opportunity, hoping for the VAR or a penalty. I would like to have seen you 15 years ago when only real men played football. Oh, you were real men. You were Hoyland. Good luck. He, he dropped a real man football. I love well, it. Well, dear, real yeah. man, yeah. Mr. 80 million. Yeah. I, I mean, the 80 million, I like that. That's fine. They take a pop at him. That's that's what we all do. We all justify the amount of money that was spent on the player and the acquisition. I mean, listen, if, if you're if you're Hoyland and you're playing for Manchester United and you're playing for Denmark and you are the absolute goal scorer, like, it's similar, right, to Erling Holland, albeit different. But at the same time, when you're going to play these games... I mean, there's no God-given right that you step on the field, that the competition factor isn't there, but you want to be in a situation where strong tackles are strong tackles and like trying to get a piece of a player is a different conversation. But from a guy that didn't have a lot of talent, where there's more talent in someone's pinky toe than I had in my entire body, like you got to go hard. You got to make it difficult. You got to get in the kid's head. You got to, you know, I would pinch, I would grab, I would thumb people in the back. I would do whatever it took to make sure that that guy knew that I was going to compete I was going to do everything in my power that I that I could to make it difficult for him, especially if you know, even before you step out on the field, if you're in the locker room, that you're going to lose the game. Hmm. So, like, I get it. But at the same time, Hoyland's like, just control your body. Like, don't hurt me. Like, let's play. Let's, let's play. But don't f***ing do me. Sorry, Tim. Right? So, I get it. But, man, it's a game. The game is softer. The game's different. It's completely different. He's right on that. It's a completely different world than it used to be. Mr. 80 million. Um, <laughs> that's it for today's... You, you big, big softy You pants. big softy. Back in my day, I'd have murdered you. Yeah, it's true. Um, I did stamping on your body for hours in my day, but now, oh, I said to tackle you and get a yellow. Anyway, I don't know. I thought it was funny. Uh, right, we're out of time for today's program. Before we go, though, a couple of your reviews. A reminder uh, that you can send your reviews in to us uh, on various platforms, uh, be it Apple Podcasts, be it on YouTube underneath the video content of the program. Uh, we love your reviews. Uh, and Tim's been rifling through a few of them. Uh, and he'll join us now in audio form. He can't do visual because he's not done his hair. Um, but he will join Does us right ever? now. Back, back in my day, he'd have done his hair and been on camera like a real man. Yeah. Uh, Tim, you've got a couple of reviews for us from the, the YouTube world. Yeah, we got a couple here. And again, you can always submit these on any of our videos. It's easy enough to read through these comments. And we'll actually start with one that isn't really about the podcast, to be honest, but butters the both of you up. So I figure we we start there. This comes from Todd Davis, and this is around, I had to look it up, this is late September because he references a specific game of Dunny's. He said, I love the podcast, but I need to make sure I thank you for your commentary work. 
I got to hear both of you this weekend and truly appreciate Tom's attention to detail for those only listening and not watching the match and his honesty when what he's seen is great and not so great, which Tom loves to point out. Also, as a Dallas fan, I appreciate Dunny giving both Houston and Dallas praise when worthy of it. Uh, when worthy of it and criticism when it fits you could have checked out of a game that was going to be hard to get enthusiastic about but that result truly mattered to the fan bases and you kept it compelling nice work to you both so that comes from oh, todd there isn't that nice nice a lovely thing to say Toddy todd thanks Toddy todd. todd so it's that that one was a bit longer but we have a couple here that are a little bit uh shorter here from suzanne says i look forward every week to this show i laugh i learn but most of all i see how much you both truly care about this sport Thank you, boys. Oh. That. This is very nice, isn't it? Yeah. Are you sure you got reviews for our I, I got a text last week that said, I'm pretty sure you and Randy hate each other. <laughs> Any more reviews like that, please send them in on YouTube because yeah. they will get to the top of the queue. Uh, last one here uh, from Britt says, quote, if it ain't Dunseth and Rennie, it ain't worth a f***. Apologies yes. to the Stiff Records. Another excellent podcast from Week in the Tackle. So you can oh, Wait, do, do, you, do you have to say sorry to yourself right there, Tim? Yeah, do it, Tim. Sorry, Tim. Hey, um, by the way, I realized something today. Yeah. I realized that we've never seen Tim Horsey and Lori Whitehall in the same room at the same time. Yeah. I'm Boy not saying they're the same person, but if you're not sure what Tim Horsey looks like or you're not sure what Lori Whitehall looks like, just Google search each other and oh. you'll see that they are twins. I went to Fulham Chelsea a couple of weeks ago and I sat directly behind Hugh Grant, the actor Hugh Grant, yeah. who sits in the money section. And if that is not Tim Horsey's grandpa, um, <laughs> honestly, that, 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 near, that, there's no way that two individuals can have that boy as your hair and mm. not be related by blood. Um, do we know what Tim's mother was doing in LA in the 90s? Did she have a job? Do we know? I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure she might have gotten a ride with... Uh... With a young gentleman one time in Los Div- Angeles. A divine way to spend your life. I think we can all agree on that. Um, send your reviews in on the various So platforms. many layers. Make sure you give us a five-star review as well. One final one from me, because I keep forgetting to mention this. Uh, this comes from CWIT31216 on the gram, who responded to uh, one of our videos on Grumpy Pundits on Sirius XMFC, saying, Thank you for the entertainment whilst I was in labor with my daughter. The newest grumpy pundits fan was born on the 16th of uh, September. So there we go. Congratulations. Congratulations to Seawit. We enjoyed that. Uh, thank you. Um, apologies to Tim's mother. Right. That's the end of this week's Week in the Tackle. If my voice holds up, we'll do one on Tuesday. That is Brian Danny Dunseth. I am Tom Rennie. Tim Horsey produced the program. We'll see you next time. All right. 